0: everybody this is 40 going on 14 and i am mike i am patrick i'm joel and i'm josh and we're back again for billboard
1: now it's the third year in a row where i believe drake has released the same song
0: thinking no one would notice
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: sneaky 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 he just adds a new uh add-on to every song he's just got a different name
3: drake featuring so-and-so and they and- just fade in and out of some you know things at the Mm -hmm. beginning and end but in the middle it's the same song
4: he hired the writer of ice ice baby he's like look i changed a note it's a different song (laughs) yeah yeah i I didn't think it was appropriate this year to go back to the giant
1: ginger infant joke considering he hasn't been in the top 10 for like four years yeah
3: kind of sad where are you ed sheeran where have you gone he grew up our big baby grew up
0: he has ascended
3: (laughs) he toddled off
4: (laughs) 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 we I'm to write a song. He's Pippi Long now.
3: What was that?
0: That was giant Ed Sheeran paddling off to write a song. I don't know. It. I'm to write a song with a guitar. Whoa.
3: Whoa.
0: Sorry, I've been hitting the juice kind of early tonight.
1: So he. <laughs> you like hitting the juice? You might like shows on Geek Life Radio? Sure. Maybe. Such as The History of Bad Ideas, The Anime Trap House, HTML All the Things, and Schmorgishborg.
0: Smorgasborg.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we're on Geek Life Radio too.
0: Yeah, we are. In the meantime, Smorgasborg's like, do we have to have them?
1: Why are we Red Dead Radio Hour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That was like nineties Sega. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can't wait to see what Joel turns that into.
4: (laughs) Oh, the wheels are turning. You got wheels?
3: Are they? No.
4: To both questions. The hamster (laughs) is dead.
0: Aw. All hail the hamster. (laughs) Well, if you're looking for some more of this, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkSoup, Podverse FM. We're all over the place. We are on Podbean, Amazon Music. And uh, if you're looking to... Give us a ring and say, hey, I think you guys should do this. Or, hey, hey, I think you guys should do this. Yeah, that would be interesting. Joel, thank you for the suggestion that we're not going to follow. What was your suggestion?
4: Hey. Oh, this was my suggestion this show. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, well,
0: okay. You can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727.
3: I mean, he is the one that reminded us it's January.
0: Yeah. I didn't actually come up with a show idea. I just reminded you. Yeah, but he you does it. that every month. He's like, this is February. I'm learning my calendar.
3: It's like, no,
1: Joel, it's December.
4: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be February
1: in a month. And somebody actually did call us and leave us a voicemail.
4: Hmm. Ooh.
1: I have only partially vetted this voicemail. Hmm.
0: So it's not yeah. like
4: cars for kids. It's actually a person.
0: It is actually a person. Calls from persons. We're moving up in the world. All right. Let's see what they have to say.
3: Hey, Josh and Joel, we're cousins. I never knew.
1: Super exciting to be related to somebody on the show. Also, fuck Christmas shoes. And I'm almost caught up. It's Nick. I'm out. Bye. Hey, Nick. I don't know if Nick has called us before, has he? I don't think so. I think that's a first. Well, glad to hear from Nick. And uh, apparently he is a a cousin to myself and Joel. So he has gone back to our origin show, back to episode 40, and uh, found out which famous person Joel and I are distantly related to.
4: Wow, we got another cousin. Me pitbull. Oh, you spoiled it. Oh, uh, why don't I remember this? Josh and I have been talking about it long before the show. I yeah, know. A long time ago. Yeah, that's so why we called each other cuz. I fade it. I fade in and out, man. I mean, it's. Oh. Yeah.
3: It's yeah, okay. they're both they're they're both related to Benicio del Toro.
4: Really? really yes. Who is also pitbull?
3: <laughs> what pitbull del Toro? <laughs>
4: <laughs> it sounds like a car.
3: It's the, the the dog of the bull pitbull I I like pitbull
4: del Toro, please.
3: Can I get it with the breakaway yeah. mirrors? That's a special at Taco Bell. Pitbull del <laughs>
0: Toro. Is it made of
3: pitbull? It, it comes with a Mountain Dew blast.
4: Oh,
0: what? No. I'll okay. just shoot
4: you with. Now for the fire hose.
1: <laughs> On that note, I think it's about that time.
2: <laughs> this week in. Music, movies, and TV.
0: <laughs> that was so ominous. All right, this theme is January 19th, 1991. Why? Because it's the day that we pulled the top 10 from Billboard in
4: 1991. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, music, the number one song in the land will be discussed later. No spoilers. <gasps> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, is it Barracuda?
0: It is, and I, I'm not saying if it is or isn't Barracuda.
2: Wow, 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 wow. It All is. Right. Uh,
4: it's a spoiler. <laughs> Jabbo Smith, born as Cladys Smith, was an American jazz musician known for his virtuoso playing on the trumpet. At the age of six, he went into the Jenkins Orphanage in Charleston, South Carolina, where he learned trumpet and trombone, and by the age of 10, he was touring with the Jenkins Band. At the age of 16, he had left the orphanage to become a professional musician, at first playing in bands in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Atlantic City, before making his base in Manhattan, where he made the first of his well-regarded recordings. He bounced around again from Chicago to Milwaukee, never quite living up to his potential stardom as a rival to Louis Armstrong before he mostly retired from music. His comeback in the late 1960s led to shows in New York, New Orleans, Louisiana, London, and France through the 1970s and into the 1980s until his death this week on January 16th. Hmm. Rest in absorption. I've never heard of this guy.
0: No, I'm sure he's got to be pretty good if someone, you know, they were saying he's a competitor to... uh, Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong, yeah. Jabbo Smith. He sounds like a character on The Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah, he does. I I wonder about these... Changing of names. What's your name? Cladis Smith. You should probably change that. All right. How about Jabbo?
2: It's interesting
0: that you say changing of names
1: because Louis Armstrong preferred to be either called Louis or Sachmo, but he was called Louis on one live track. And I can't remember by who, but it was like a a famous white singer. And then like forever, people were calling him Louis. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And I, I damned if I can remember who it
0: was. But it wasn't Jabbo Smith.
1: No, it was someone who we would know. But my brain is serving up people who aren't even singers. Like, uh, I don't
0: know. John F. Kennedy.
4: Yes. <laughs> and Margaret. I like that. Louis Armstrong. Shout <laughs> out. All right, moving on. On January 15th, a new all-star rendition of the John Lennon song, Give Peace a Chance, was released. Featuring Yoko Ono, Lenny Kravitz, Peter Gabriel, Alana Miles, Tom Petty, Bonnie Raitt, and many more billed as the Peace Choir. The single was rushed to market in response to the imminent Gulf War. It's a strange pairing of folks.
3: Well anything with Yoko is gonna be a strange pairing.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Featuring she's, Yoko
3: She's like, she's like, a, she's like a Vegemite. You can't pair her with anything without it kind of getting ruined.
0: Yeah. Featuring Yoko no. and <laughs>
2: oh,
0: all Crosby. <laughs> Bing, Cros- Bing Cros-
3: Crosby and Yoko <laughs>
0: Bing Crosby Crosby
1: that uh, uh, unintentionally renamed uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, Oh,
3: okay. (laughs) That's jumped into my head in the middle of all that. I thought you were throwing Bing Crosby into the Peace Choir.
4: Yeah, I thought you were doing like a Bing Crosby, David Bowie thing, but with Yoko (laughs) Yoko Ono. Bing Crosby and Yoko Ono. What are you doing? What's going on? Why is she making that noise? Now everyone will call you Yako. Yako Ono and Bing Crosby singing Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh. Ew.
2: Baby it's cold outside.
3: <laughs> <Bo-bo-bo-bo>. <laughs> well, who knew he could do a Yoko, huh? <laughs> of all the people.
4: <laughs> Why did I have to get Yoko Ono? Notice I stayed quiet through that whole thing, Joel. <laughs> oh, we could do a duet, Yoko Ono and uh uh, and, and
0: Morty. 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 Aw, yeah. <laughs> jeez, oh, you... Rick!
3: <laughs>
0: Why'd you break up the Beatles? <laughs> How'd you do it with that tambourine, Rick?
4: And finally, oh, terrible. January 18th to the 27th was the massive nine-day festival Rock and Rio 2, held in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. The headliners were AHA, Prince, NXS, Guns N' Roses, New Kids on the Block, George Michael, the Happy Mondays, and Yoko Ono, featuring Bing Crosby. <laughs> All right. No matter
0: where you stand on New Kensington, block, that's actually a pretty damn good lineup. And yeah. at least one artist
1: from that lineup is going to come up in uh, musical trivia later in the show. <gasps> oh, teasers. Is it the Happy Mondays?
0: It is not the Happy Mondays. It's Yoko Ono. In
1: fact, trivia would be, who are the Happy Mondays? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I
3: love the Happy Mondays. You introduced me to the
4: if you look at that list, there's a band there for everybody, you know, for nineteen, and also the Happy Mondays. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: you shut up! I don't even hate them. It's just kind of fun to shit on them
0: in that
4: <laughs> way. <word. laughs> I mean, that's that's you, the uh, the indie crowd.
0: You, know? you made the mistake, uh, Pat, is letting people know you like something,
3: right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I do. I I really like the Happy Mondays. They're very not very well known, but I like them.
4: Did you say the Happy Mondays?
3: Happy. I did not, but I might have.
0: Pa- I'd, watch, I'd watch the Pappy Mondays.
3: <laughs> ben Crosby says they are
1: now the Pappy Mondays.
4: <laughs> it's a band made of gynecologists. Who? All right, moving on to the movies.
3: <laughs> I was imagining a band full of... Uh, oh, damn, I can't think of his name uh, from, from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's Pappy.
4: Oh, Pappy, o- Pappy, o-
3: Pappy o- O'Donnell. Yeah, but yeah. I can't think of the actor's name. Charles something. Charles Durning. There you go.
4: The number one movie
1: in the land was Home Alone, still in the middle of its record-setting run, grossing more than $10 million for a record ninth weekend in a row. This beat E.T. the Extraterrestrial's eight weekends, and eventually it ended at 12 weekends huh. at number one in a row. 12
3: weekends of making $10 million a weekend in a
1: row. Oh, yeah. I, I missed the record. How? Yeah. That's somehow even better. Right. Nita Krebs was born on October 8th, 1905 in Austria-Hungary as Anna N. Krebs. Yes, because Nita was the problem with that name. <laughs> <laughs> she was an actress known for Terror of Tiny Town and for being one of the Lullaby League, Munchkins and the Wizard of Oz. She died on January 18th in Sarasota, Florida.
3: You guys would know her from Terror of Tiny Town.
1: I mean, I know her, I, like I couldn't tell you which of the Lullaby League she was, but that's, that's going to be...
0: It's a shame her life was cut short. Dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Too soon? (laughs) Glenn Langan was an American character actor on stage and films. Some movies he appeared in were Margie, Forever Amber, also in Dragonwick with Vincent Price and Gene Tierney, and as a psychiatrist in The Snake Pit. His popularity waned in the early 1950s, and he spent the next decade appearing on various television episodes. He eventually achieved a form of cult status as the irradiated 60-foot-tall hero of Burt I. Gordon's The Amazing Colossal Man. After winding down his screen career in the 1960s, Langan reinvented himself as a successful real estate salesman until his untimely death on January
0: 26th. Huh. Dragon wick is not what I thought it was about. Is it about a dragon candle? No.
3: Damn it. Word for word what I was going to
0: (laughs) say. A simple Connecticut farm girl is recruited by a distant relative and an a aristocratic patroon to be governess to his young daughter in his Hudson Valley mansion. Walter Hudson, Vincent Price, and Glenn Langan.
3: So I, I what is that like the name of the plantation or something, I guess? Probably. Dragonwick.
0: Yeah. Right. Also, Jack Warner Schaefer was an American
1: writer, known for his westerns. His best known works are the nineteen forty-nine novel Shane. Go ahead, Joel, say it.
2: Shane
1: I knew he was going to, so I stopped. Widely regarded as one of the greatest Western novels of all time, and also the 1964 children's book, Stubby Pringles Christmas. Schaefer died of... Who
0: doesn't have their copy of Stubby Pringles Christmas? (laughs) I mean, that's not
4: made up. That's a real I know. Um, How does he get the things at the bottom of the can?
1: Schaefer died of heart failure on January 24th in Santa Fe at his 300-acre ranch called the Turquoise Six. That's kind of a cool name.
3: Why I gotta be turquoise? Why can't I be black?
1: Why has it gotta be stubby? Handsome, rugged American leading man John Russell served in the U.S. Marine Corps in World War II, and he earned a battlefield commission and Decorations for Valor. After the war, he began playing second leads and occasional heavies in major film productions. In the 50s, he branched in into television and starred in several popular series, most notably the show Lawman. His appearances were sporadic after the 60s, although he was a memorable villain in Clint Eastwood's Pale Rider. He died on January 19th of emphysema. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, everyone except for Home Alone yeah, I had a death for mine.
0: <laughs> Stubby Pringles Christmas. Stubby
4: Pringles. The can's shorter, no more wasted Pringles.
0: Yep, still not funny. Here's a story. It's on It's on Goodreads. Here's a story perfect for reading aloud when the families gather together at Christmas time. Shit. May not be traditional, nor his Stubby Pringle. <laughs> all right, kids, time to sit down and hear about Stubby Pringle. That's how you get taken up to the barn and get a whooping. That, oh, that's paddling. <laughs> TV shows. The top shows in the land were Roseanne, Murphy Brown, Cheers, and Home Improvement. Whew. There you go. That was 1991. Yes, it was. On January 16th, all major television network schedules were preempted by the coverage of Operation Desert Storm right after the evening news broadcasts. It was the first war to be televised live, and the nation was enraptured as the U.S.-led coalition forces began carpet bombing strategic positions in Iraq. I remember that. And Mike sat there with his C record in high school and hoped there wasn't going to be a draft.
3: <laughs> wow, I was a, I was a sophomore in college. I remember watching that on TV in my dorm room.
0: Mm. I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I
3: don't know.
0: Joel, you want to chime in? You're... Uh, I, I are there. All right. I mean, thank you. Thank you for that contribution, Joel.
3: His butler came in and told him, sir, we're at war. He just went back to sleep.
2: Mm.
1: I'm pretty sure Joel was also a sophomore, unless there was some yes. fuckery in high school.
4: No, yeah. I was, I was a sophomore at that point. 91, 92 was sophomore year. All right. So the
0: 48th Golden Globe Awards, honoring the best in film and television for 1990, were held on January 19th at the Beverly Hilton. Winners included Kathy Bates for Misery, Julia Roberts, Whoopi Goldberg, and Kevin Costner's course, the acronym of the week, which is DWW. Pretty sure that's just Dude Wonder
1: Woman. <laughs> it's pretty much just him standing there in the costume, and it was still better than Wonder Woman
4: 1984. Oh, I thought it was like Dude, Wonder Woman.
1: Like, Dude. No, it's just...
4: just...
3: It's just Dude Wonder Woman, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's just Kevin
1: Costner in the outfit.
3: Wonder Woman with a beard. No, that is Dances with Wolves. So close.
0: Is that like strictly ballroom? No. I have no idea where you're going with this. There's no
1: ballroom in that
0: Wonder Woman outfit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Clever.
3: Clever. In what was then the longest match at the Australian Open, Boris Becker beat Italy's Omar Camporose in five hours and 11 minutes on January 18th. It is now the fourth longest match in Australian Open history. That's insane that is i can't even imagine standing up for five hours or watching it for less. five hours
0: i know right yeah
3: get a sore neck <laughs> oh you mean in person i'm yeah even watching it on, on television would be you know five hours of tennis that's that's rough
0: it was five hours of bobby
4: McFarren there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a no. guy wearing plungers for feet. Was,
0: Bob, Bob, you didn't know Bob McFerrin was an announcer for the Australian Open? I <laughs> did the halftime show. Jesus, no dude. Worry.
3: <laughs> Keep clogging. All right. On January 15th, Dean Jones and Mark Taylor led Australia to a seven-wicket win over New Zealand in Cricket's World Series Cup second final in Melbourne, winning the series 2-0.
0: Seven wickets.
3: That's a close game. That's a lot of Ewoks. <laughs> I hate you. Mm. Yup, yup. <laughs> <laughs> On January seventeenth, Andy Van Hellemond set the NHL record for most games worked by a referee when he appeared in his one thousand one hundred seventy third regular season encounter, as the St. Louis Blues hosted the Montreal Canadiens. At the end of his career, he had officiated one thousand five hundred fifty seven regular season games and two hundred twenty seven playoff games.
4: That is commitment to your job. Yeah. It's a
0: lot of
3: Yeah, games. that's a lot of, a lot of refereeing. It's a lot of striped shirts. And that's it for sports. Uh, you want to play us off keyboard, Joel?
4: Nah, no nah, 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 nah.
0: So every year, after all the Christmas songs fall off the list, we do our annual Billboard Top 10. So this year we are going for 1991 against this week in 2021, which was the... Uh, January that's 30 16th. years ago, which is uh, uh, something I wish wasn't true. I know. We were discussing this at the dinner table, and I brought. I just said, you know, it was for 30 years ago. And Suzanne looked at me. She was like, what? I'm like, yeah, 30 years ago. That's how long that was. So I think everybody had that same little bit of shock to when it.
3: When we were all around Katie's age.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Wow. Yeah, I I said it was 20 years ago at work, and my co-teacher's like, "Uh, no, that's 30 years ago. I was like, oh, I I don't like that that's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if this is your first Billboard show, go back, and uh, we do this every January. We take a look at what was popular then what's popular now, and usually there's some great conversation. Uh, We're going to start off at the 10th set on the uh, Billboard Top 10, which is... From a Distance by Bette Midler. Starting off strong.
3: Leading off with a bunt.
0: Yes. From a
4: distance. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. All
3: right. I will start off this conversation because I will fully admit right now when this song was popular, I liked it back in the day in 1991, 19 year old Patrick liked this song because 19 year old Patrick had not like gone out into the world yet and worked in customer service and bartending and been dealing with the public and everything and had not been beaten down by life. And, Really thought, hey, yeah, the world is kind of, you know, from a, you know, from a distance, it's all good and blah blah blah. If we could only just see it and, you know, you know, the young wanting to believe in humanity and the good of people, Patrick of 1991, this was a, this was a song that spoke to him.
1: I'm going to give you a pass on that because I have some terrible opinions
0: coming up in this top ten. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thirty years later, my opinion is vastly.
1: Yeah, this is the musical equivalent of Valium.
0: You grind it up and snort it. <laughs>
3: I wouldn't. Well, like I said, like I said in the chat earlier, this is this is like the the Christmas shoes of pop music. Ooh, yikes!
4: That's, that's this a pretty is, harsh uh, sentiment there.
0: Yeah, this is actually a cover. What? This is a cover.
3: Hmm.
0: And so, song was originally written in 1985 by My a woman by the name of Julie Gold. Was recorded Did you say by Motorhead. Yes, Joel said Motorhead.
4: <laughs> From a distance. <laughs> <It> was, covered, <laughs> was
0: covered by Party Cannon recorded by nancy griffith uh from austin texas
4: i don't even know who that is yeah she's from austin don't you know everybody in texas
3: yeah almost all of them she's one of them that got 1990 away 1991 patrick did yeah, I... <laughs>
2: jesus
4: this is one of the songs that you would hear still hear at like a dentist's office or an elevator an elevator right and i remember when i was working at a, a mexican suicide restaurant. booth. And an
3: elevator uh, in a dentist office. In the break room.
4: Booth. This this song would be playing on a regular basis. It it is what it is.
3: I mean it's a very sappy saccharin song. But I mean I I'm not immune to liking sappy saccharin songs. So yeah.
0: refreshment know. was it wasn't this attached to a movie somehow?
3: Uh, I think I think it was on the beaches soundtrack. I think oh. you're thinking of no, you're
0: thinking of the wind beneath my wings. Oh, okay, that's right.
3: Yeah, that definitely was on there, but I think this might have been on the Beaches soundtrack because I also, 19-year-old Patrick, liked the movie Beaches.
4: I'm looking to see here. Original Nancy, Nancy Griffith version.
3: Yeah, you're doing a lot of
1: damage to the yeah. I used to be a badass when I was younger whole story. Just, just saying. Well,
3: no, this, these were the good years when I was, like, like there was that little pocket of time when I, like, went to Christian high school and I was a good kid, and I would, you know, and before I met you guys, like, the couple years when I was still in the DCE program and I tried to be good, and, you know, pre-high school, bad years as a bad kid. High school, no, as a softy.
4: Yeah, I don't see it listed on the soundtrack here so far.
3: Okay.
1: Hmm. All right, we're cool. ready to move on to number nine and not have to think about
0: From a Distance anymore?
3: No, i want to talk about this for another half an hour.
0: It's yes. not on beaches, so.
3: I like Bad Midler.
0: I don't want to burst your bubble, Joel, but none of us are really going to give a shit
3: about that. Yeah, we, we've already moved on, Joel. It's, o- it's over. You
0: proved us wrong. Congratulations. I'll give you a sticker.
4: I'm doing a deep dive on Bette Midler. Stop it!
0: <laughs> Don't ever say doing a deep dive on Bette Midler to me again. I'm doing a deep deep dive on Bette Midler.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's number ten. Moving on, with number nine, we have the ever popular and flaxen-haired Nelson <laughs> with "After the Rain."
4: I'm sure you do. I was a huge Nelson fan when this album came out.
3: Of course you were.
4: It was on repeat in Joel's car. He is the big fan. Yeah. As in, there are not two of you. That made me pee a little. This
1: is basically just like the, oh, that's the Nelson song that isn't love
4: and affection. The whole album was solid. It was a good pop record.
3: I I don't even remember this song at all.
4: After the rain or before the rain? After the rain. Washes away the tears and all the pain. Oh, after the rain, you live again.
3: You're not making it better. No. You're not making Um, it worse, though, either. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: I will say I don't hate this song. But like I said, it's not love and affection, so I don't really care about it too much.
3: It's not a song to know. I mean, it's just kind of there, despite Joel's love for it.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: I love. Pop music. I love acoustic music, and I love hair metal type music. And so Matthew and Gunner kind of mushed it all together. And and, and you love twins, and I do love twins. Mm -hmm. And they just made a solid pop record. Yeah, nice record to drive around, listen to in your car.
1: I am shocked that this is top ten material, though. I mean, it's not even the best power ballad in this top ten. No,
0: No, not at all. It was twelve weeks on the chart according to Billboard. So it peaked, and it peaked at nine. Okay. So, a pretty big record. Yeah, it was on the uh, After the Rain. Obviously, it was the album for it With some trivia on this one. Uh, there were several issues in creating this album, one of which is that Gunnar Nelson did not know how to play guitar. Uh, Gunnar stated in an interview was, what if I took a year off and all I did for that year was play guitar for 10 hours a day every day? You'd have some hella calluses. Studied and learned how to play guitar. <laughs>
3: that, that's called the Eric Johnson method.
4: What if I just do this for a whole year? But could he play the White Cliffs of Dover?
3: Eric Johnson went for an audition at a studio, and they told him he wasn't good enough, so he went for five years and locked himself in a room for like 12 hours a day.
4: That's what Dennis did. Yep. That's literally like the same path Dennis took. And now he's amazing.
3: I hope he has the same success.
4: As do I. I want to listen to Nelson. No, you don't.
3: you uh, no. Nope. on
4: my phone. I'd rather listen to Dennis.
3: That's what. Yeah, no shit. Well, I agree with that.
1: And I'm not even down on Dennis with that statement. He actually had a radio topping well, in certain segments of radio topping a hit like last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: He's good. It's a definite possibility. Yeah, he is good. He's very talented. I want to listen to Nelson. That's one of those sentences that's never been uttered before. I just uttered it. I know. Before. that's See, there's a there's a point in time when you said it, and then there's a point in time that is before that. That's the time I'm referencing.
4: I said it in 1991,
0: too. Oh, all right. So moving on from them to Stevie B playing Because I Love You, also known as the Postman Song.
2: Just to let you know exactly the way I feel, to let you know.
3: This song is like lyrical epic
0: <laughs> Wow. This is this is this came on and Susie and I were making dinner tonight. This started playing and we like almost automatically like face each other, held each other by the waist by right angles on the elbows and started swaying left and right. <laughs> Did you leave room for Jesus? between There, you? there was room for Jesus in between the okay. two of us. And then I turned to the corner of the room and said, stop making fun of me. Shut up, guys. I like her.
1: This is a song that I actually have some positive memories from. I, I didn't know I, I knew this song. Like, from the title and from Stevie B, I, I didn't realize I knew this. But this was like a B96 in Chicago staple.
0: Yeah, so it was.
1: I, I have some strong recollections of sitting on the second floor of my uh, house, which was a place where my NES was set up, and sometimes I didn't feel like putting on a record or putting in a cassette, and I just turned on the radio. And I'd be sitting down, I'd be playing like Fester's Quest. And this and several other songs from this top 10 that I will I will admit are objectively not very good. The best thing about this story is Fester's Quest. Right?
4: It's strangely specific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I remember playing that game and hearing this super early 90s R&B. I mean, this was a hard nostalgia hit for me. This,
0: This and a couple others that we're getting to. So some trivia on this one. This hit the charts in 91. It was released in 1990. They recorded it in 1988 and sat on it for two years. It'll get better. Is now the time? Now is not the time.
4: Wait till Josh is playing. What's
1: crazy is this guy basically had two hits, and they were
0: like 1991 and 2009. Now you want to hear some other craziness. Hong Kong singer Alex Toe and and Lee covered this song in Cantonese. <laughs> and... It was also covered by an American-German singer called Ray Horton. Ah, good old Ray Horton. The Reverend Ray Horton? Uh, no, just Ray Horton. He was not a reverend at this time. I'm pretty sure it's the same dude, though. Might be. I do remember that song. Not Definitely not the Reverend Horton Heat. No.
4: Oh, you know what? I think that's who I was mixing him up with. Oh, Horton Heat? Good call. Yeah. Very different. I do remember that song, though. I remember hearing it at, like... Dances in high school, and oh, just yeah. being like, eh. Yeah. I wish I was playing Fester's Quest. It's a, it's a floor clearer. I like it better.
3: It, it sucks.
0: What? Fester's it's Quest is a great game, dude. Oh, no,
3: no. This song, Because oh. I Love You, it sucks.
0: It's a horrible song. Yeah.
3: I, I like it, but I
1: can't even really argue too much with you. As much as I like the song, it's not actually very good. And I think I'm going to be repeating that phrase a couple of times. <laughs>
4: It's just very kind of formulaic, just bland. Yeah.
1: In fact, I'm going to go so far as to provide a spoiler for the rest of the show. (laughs) Oh. The only song of all 20 I hated was the first one.
4: Really? Yes. That's a big spoiler.
3: You can't talk about my taste in anything anymore, then?
4: Now you made our cousin stop listening.
3: Bye, Nick. Yeah, sorry, Nick.
4: So. Okay. This is what I've been waiting for.
0: Following up to the Postman song is Mr. Van Winkle himself, Vanilla Ice, with his take on Play That Funky Music.
2: I'm back, and I'm ringing the bell. I'm rocking on the mic while the fly girls yell. Yeah. in ecstasy in the back of me. Well, that's my DJ T-shirt Cutting all of them. Hard, and the girl
4: is doing crazy. crazy. The on the mic, man. I'm not lazy. I'm letting my throat kick in. Woo! That was fire.
1: Yep.
0: That's a thing that happened. But
1: that this is... was a super of like popular song.
0: I know you you cut it short, but I want to I want to bring up some of the uh amazing lyrical rhymes that he's got going on this one. Oh, yeah. So you'll get nowhere, no place, no time, no girls soon. Oh my god, homebody probably eats spaghetti with a spoon.
3: Well, how about the one with. Uh, wait, oh, wait. He makes up a so, word to, to rhyme Supercalifragilistic
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He. Uh, where did that one go? No, good luck. I like my limes atrocious, Supercalifragilistic expialidocious. <laughs> and we were listening to these. We were listening to all these songs at dinner. And I, I know when it's a beautiful moment when both girls look up and, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Keep moving to the uh, second to the last verse. Stepping so hard like a German Nazi, startled by the basses hitting ground. <laughs> that was another moment where everybody at the table got kind of went, what
2: did he yeah. just say?
0: Oh, Mr. Van Winkle.
2: Uh, not yes. a good
1: song.
4: Not a so, good song.
1: Not good. No, no, not at all. I still don't hate it. I kind of nothing this song.
4: It sounds like it's from Grandmaster Flash era.
0: I, I see Ross from Friends on his little synth playing the bass line to this.
3: And that, this is why I don't like the Beastie Boys, because I feel like it's written exactly like this. The same no. same rhymes, the same crap. Yes! No. Yes! Not even the same ballpark. Read the lyrics of a Beastie Boys song. Don't just sing uh, them. I'm, read 'em. I'm,
1: I'm with Joel on this. You don't know what you're talking
3: about. Yeah. Yes, I do, man. Come on. Their lyrics are just as bad.
0: Pat, you're wrong.
3: No, I'm not. You read, are? Read the Beastie Boys lyrics. Don't just sing them. They don't make any fucking sense. They're just sentences thrown together that rhyme that's all they are
1: there are beatles songs like that dude that it's not a very good point yeah
4: i wanna rock and roll all night <laughs> and party every day
1: Yeah, i don't think something needs to make sense to be a good song because i like come together
3: well yeah I, there's See? several things that, that don't like need to make sense but.
0: i like the fact that he's he's uh dunking on kid and play in this song too where did it go
3: I would much rather listen to Kid and Play than them, than him. That's true. But it is a
1: weird place for a diss track.
0: Yeah. Smooth. Why you staring at me? So I get off. I'm in my own face. The girls say they love me and that's okay. And I can dance better than any Kid and Play. That's kind of weird. I mean, because Kid and Play weren't exactly like an aggressive band. No. I mean, they were kind of like goofy fun. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, we're we're in the party rap era.
0: Yeah. I mean, who are you going to diss on in this track? I mean, I want to diss on someone. Well, diss on Kid and Play. What are they going to do about it? They'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever, man.
3: Uh, ne- next song, I'm going to take down Webster. <laughs>
0: he was a rapper. Hey, Webster can can handle himself.
1: Like I'm going to shit all over Young MC. No, don't, man. Young will cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it isn't good. The I mean, the music literally sounds like somebody programmed a Casio. Yes. Are we, are we halfway through this countdown? Then we are halfway through this countdown. We are on to sensitivity. By Ralph Tresvant. 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 Him
2: yeah.
0: too.
1: Yeah, he's best known as the lead singer of. Oh my God. I, I just blanked again. That's a terrible name for a band. I've been talking about them all night. Launched the careers of Johnny Gill, Keith Sweat, Bobby Brown, Belviv DeVoe. <laughs> I was waiting if you were going to get there. I was about ready to. I'm not going to get there. My brain is fried. No, no Belviv DeVoe is not the band. It's the band of DeVoe if you know it why are you torturing me new edition thank you dude i was like
4: how can you forget new edition why you gotta be a dick about it joel i've been blanking
3: okay well i gotta apologize i've been saying it for 90 seconds but i've been muted
4: (laughs) i figured josh was trying to get there so i didn't want to i was trying to get there but
3: that sector of my
1: brain was unreadable for a few seconds i hated it anyway here here's ralph Triss.
0: to crib off of true grit i do not know this song
1: oh i do this this is another one that i'm playing fester's quest to <laughs> this is another b96 staple like it,
0: did you listen all the way to the chorus i did i did but i the whole time i didn't i was not i could not pick up on it i did not have any sort of like aha moment on this one
2: okay
1: yeah, i don't remember it either to be honest yeah i remember this one clearly of course i was a pretty big fan of new edition okay and new addition, here Here comes the trivia, because, like, in addition to all the careers I mentioned, like, Ralph Tresvent was the lead singer, but, like, every one of their last members who left, you had Johnny Gill the, uh, after Bobby Brown left, Keith Sweat. But one interesting thing is, is this band also launched the new kids on the block. Really? Yes. They basically walked away from their manager. And the manager was like, screw it. I can do this again. And he did. He walked away from them and created New Kids on the Block. Oh, well, I mean, good for him. Big, big producer. Okay. Something Star. I can't remember his first
0: name. Maurice Star. Okay. I say that like I know who that is.
3: They called him like the boy band whisperer or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm. That That sounds kind of creepy.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I was. I remember hearing, I was like, whatever the nickname was, I remember, I was like, that. that's not a good one.
2: <laughs> I like your frosted
3: tips. You know, it, 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 it insinuated like he was some kind of, like, uh, Svengali for boy bands. And I'm just like, uh
1: Well, he hit Struck Gold twice. I mean, between New Edition, New Kids on the Block. And then he kept trying. Like, he had Perfect Gentleman, which is the only one of these that you're likely to have ever heard of. That's going to be the next big one. Mm-hmm. Then, like, Homework... The Superiors, Heart, Body, and Soul. Classic example. Yeah. Huh. Basically, he struck gold twice, and then he was done.
0: Well, I mean, if it's going to be New Edition and New Kids on the Block, I mean, it's that's pretty damn
3: good gold. <laughs> right. He should have named it the next band New Something. That was the key. It had to have the word new in it. That's kids what he was edition. missing.
0: He was missing the new. Mm. Kids Edition. Well, all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Moving on to the next uh, track on here is a band called surface with the first time
1: surface or I like to call them great value boys to men <laughs> <laughs>
0: believe it or not, this hit number one. I believe it. For two weeks. I don't believe
3: it.
4: There's a lot of mustaches in that group. <laughs> of varying degrees. Yeah.
1: So, Fester's Quest was a game about UFOs taking the Adams family. <laughs> <down there. laughs> Grandmama predicted the invasion, cast a protective spell in the home. <laughs> Gomez had to guard the house, so Uncle Fester had to use his gun and save the town from the aliens. Wait.
0: Wait a second.
1: And that's what I have to say about surface. Are we doing the
0: retro video game show now? It it could be. We skipped a song. Did
4: we? Song, yeah, we did. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. Not, not on the well. list that was posted into the show notes. Yeah, there's only nine songs on there.
0: Right. Nine songs on the list. Yeah. One one got uh cribbed off. And I um I'll I'll put it in there. We're going to jump back this is actually number yeah, well, six.
1: Well, we've just finished the Fester's Quest block.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That, that's that's the reason we were uh, going through that because this is definitely the third song that I only remember because it hits that same nostalgia
4: button. I don't know that song, and I honestly I don't think I care to. It's very it was very forgettable. Like well,
0: like Pat said, it's like man, boys to men sounds like crap on this song.
3: <laughs> but that was Josh. But yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Josh. Sorry. I mean, I'm into early 90s R&B. Like, that was what I was listening to until I got to, like, Wayne's World came out, and around the same time, uh, Nirvana set me on the path of grunge. But, like, post-Ozzy and pre-Queen like uh, Metallica's Black Album and grunge, this was all I listened to for three years, was 90s R&B. So, like, this is a song I... Might even have on my iTunes. Like I don't love it, but it's you know it's it's in the middle of your actual good R nineties R and B. If you're into that as a genre, and I happen to be,
3: hmm.
4: I can respect that.
0: Anfester's Quest, Anfester's yeah. Quest.
3: I'd never heard this song before.
4: Yeah, I do not remember it at
0: all.
3: Yeah, I, it just does not even like resonate at all with me. I I swear I've never heard it.
0: I don't. May have heard it i don't recall hearing it
3: yeah exactly that's what i'm saying it's like if registered not at all with me if i've ever heard i
0: thought when i looked at this list that
1: i wasn't gonna know half the songs and then i heard them and i was transported back
3: i mean the the chorus sounds a little familiar so i i know i have heard it but it doesn't it doesn't ring any bells at all with me
4: it's like Mm. it's just below the surface
3: yeah exactly
0: the whole time fester's like welcome back
3: All
1: right,
0: so speaking of B96 in 1991, they're jumping back to number six. At this time, was Gonna Make You Sweat? Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory.
4: Songs to tell me what to do. Right, I had to stop it there.
1: Or I was going to play
0: the whole song.
4: I love this song. I do too. <laughs> it's so much fun. And
0: every single time I hear this, I think of the first time that we did lip sync battle for instant game show, and that guy did. Oh uh, yeah, gonna make you sweat. And the other guy, the thing I remember about is that that poor guy that went before him, like lip sync "Ring of Fire" and just stood there and did a great job lip syncing the words. But how much action can you do to "Ring and Fire"? And then this guy came out and did the whole dance. And I looked at the other first guy. And I'm like, I got bad news for you. And he's like, Yeah, I know. I
3: lost. Yeah, he pretty much <laughs> just walked away before the, the guy was even done.
0: They're like we have something
4: for you still. Don't don't leave. Don't leave. But
0: yeah. seriously, dude.
4: <laughs> But I mean this song has one of the greatest lyrics of all time, you know. It's it's your world and I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut to move your butt to the dance floor. You you can't you can't deny that. I mean it's John Lennon's got nothing on that.
1: <laughs> it's just science. Dude, I just
0: I love this song. I I, I it is kind of dumb, but like it makes you move. It's great driving music too. Cooking music, put it on. Everybody everybody enjoys this song just cuz it's goofy and fun. Okay, Pat, let's hear yeah. it from you. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah i mean this is this is a great like pump you up song there's it's it's a perfect song as far as it does exactly what it's for it's it's perfect in every every okay, good iteration of itself yeah i there's nothing to really hate on this song
1: this is turning into a life cereal commercial
4: <laughs> patrick <laughs> likes it <laughs> it's a fun song i no reason he wouldn't
3: yeah i mean it, it's it's made to be fun and it is you know it'd be like hating cotton candy
4: Plus, this is something you'd hear in Jay's room when he was working on some sort of...
3: (laughs) That is a a very good point. That
4: is an amazingly accurate
0: statement, as his ex roommate
3: (laughs) He's the only guy that can listen to this song and not even dance. He's just like, "Mm, yeah, love this song.
0: Yeah, love it. It, Got a code.
3: um, As he just sits there.
1: This song also, I I sort of mentioned this earlier, but this song drove the birds crazy. Uh, For listeners that don't know, uh, I've got two cockatiels. As soon as it came on from two rooms away, they started freaking out. (laughs) And so Sarah brought them in here and they were both dancing and singing back to the music, like trying to figure out where it was coming from. I've never seen them react that way. And we play music for them all the time. Huh? Yeah, they just went berserk. They loved it.
4: They went berserk.
3: It's true. It's going to make you sweat. Can't help it.
4: Well, they heard him say everybody dance now and they're like, all right. Yeah, didn't say everybody, but birds. Nah, I mean, if you're getting screamed at like that, aren't you gonna dance? No,
3: <laughs> no, I don't dance, sir.
0: He he does something. It's not dancing.
3: Yeah, it's it's a gyration of some wild. sort. It's a, it's a it's like watching a robot power down.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, by the transitive property of men in hats, that means Patrick's no friends of mine.
3: Uh oh. <laughs> Awesome. Good wow.
0: Info. Yeah. All right. So now moving on from that one, we are stepping into a power ballad Damn Yankees with High Enough.
4: The Patrick song. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Dude, when this song came on, Sarah and I
4: were singing it, just belting it out. Like I love this song. This is a great song. It's another uh high school memory, you know, hearing it at the dances and uh it's one set I never owned, but
3: this was a super group song. A bunch of guys got together, uh just made one album. hmm And this is a song that I had talked to you guys briefly about, uh one of my favorite pieces of musical trivia. This is the answer to. So it's it's kind of spoiling it. The question is, what is Ted Nugent's only number one song?
4: Uh, oh, that's yep. good. Yep. Hmm. That's good.
0: That's one to tuck away in the back of the brain.
3: Right.
4: Well, it's interesting yeah. they say super group because, you know, you've got Tommy Shaw of Sticks. Okay. I could count him. You know, Ted Nugent, definitely you could count him as being, you know, super group. They've got Jack Blades of Night Ranger and Michael Cardellone who would later join Leonard Skinner, but nobody, he wasn't a known drummer before that.
3: Not every member of a super group is going to be super. I mean, somebody, you know, somebody's got to be Ringo.
4: Well, if I'm thinking <laughs> of like the traveling Wilburys, you know, I think super group.
3: But, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if three out of four are pretty super, I'll I'll go ahead and give you the designation. If two out of 4 we'll be like, no, you're just kind of an assembly of some good musicians. But I'll, I'll give, you know, three quarters is a super group.
1: So maybe traveling rollberries and cream are super duper groups.
3: Yeah, they're tip, they're they're tip toppy,
4: tip toppy groups. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a new classification. That's the
3: official designation. I don't know if you know that. It, you know, if you check the records and then, you. Know.
4: Tippy toppy. Somebody called Webster. Tippy toppy group. <laughs> yeah.
3: Emmanuel Lewis is like, why are you bothering me with this shit?
4: <laughs> but
3: in call in Mr. his Belvedere. defense
0: of Michael Carlone, he did go on after this from Dave Yankees. He played played for uh, Freddie Mercury, Vince Neil. Again, he went on did some work with Peter Frampton, Leonard Skinner, and he played for a long time with them. I
3: mean, it can't be a slouch if these three guys fix it.
0: That's I mean, true, right?
3: Yeah.
0: You know, if yeah, if, the, if these three come up and say, "Hey, we need a drummer. How about that Michael Carloni guy?"
3: Yeah, you know that that
0: carries some weight. So, but this is a great freaking song.
3: Yeah, it really is. And uh, you learn through the music video that Ted Nugent can repel bullets with the power of rock.
0: I need to watch that video again.
3: Watch it. There's a great scene. It's so 80s rock in the 90s where Ted (laughs) Nugent, the cops have surrounded a house where Ted Nugent is inside. And he comes out on the porch and they open fire and he just opens up with a sweet guitar riff. And like nobody can shoot him because he's rocking so hard. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> that, is, that that's that's screams kinda, Ted Nugent. Right, right that, right it's
0: kinda like, that's kind of like the two sides of the same corner of like really and pretty cool at the same yeah. time.
3: That, well, that's, that's Ted Nugent <laughs> in a nutshell right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're like, that is awesome, but also ridiculous. That's Ted Nugent.
0: <laughs> Awesomely ridiculous. That sums up Ted Nugent 100%. <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving on to number two, we have Madonna. Who? Yeah, I know. Who heard of her? Madonna doing Justify My Love.
2: You put this in me. So now what? So now what? Wanting. Needing. Waiting. For you to justify my love. My love.
4: Was that Enigma? <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. Yeah. Uh,
0: that was Justify My Love. I'm sorry, but the every single time I hear that song, the the real song, all I can think of is the Mike Myers parody video.
1: For <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I'm always shocked by how repetitive it is. Like, I still have some positive memories of this song, but it's actually not great. <laughs> he was playing Fester's
0: Quest 2. <laughs>
3: It's a perfect like club song. I, I've heard it in a million clubs I've worked in mm-hmm. and it, where where it's just one, one of those, like you said, repetitive kind of semi-sexy beats that just kind of plays. You don't even really think about it or notice it. And this is one of those songs that I think became more popular, not because of the song, but because of the video.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, everybody was talking about the video. Everybody's talking about
3: how it was practically porn.
0: Yeah, MTV pulled it. It's got to be a rep. Oh my God, MTV pulled it. And they had like a book, like a coffee table book for it and everything. And in the way of Madonna music, it's not her best stuff. No. No. Not by a long run. No. And I'm a fan and I would put this like middle
1: bottom
4: of the pack. Mm. It's all right, but it's not definitely not the best song to celebrate in her catalog. It's Madonna. Kind of, I don't want to say
0: kind of nothing it, but yeah, I mean, it's not something, um,
3: like if this was a Paula Abdul song, this would probably be in her like top five. But as a Madonna song, it's not even in her top twenty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you dislike Paula <sighs> Abdul more than I do, but I find it difficult to disagree with that
0: statement. So um, very breathy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know Madonna had asthma.
4: <laughs> oh,
0: mm-hmm. all right. So moving on to the number one song of the week, we have Janet Jackson with love we'll never do without you. Love the song.
1: I'm with you, even though it's a straight middle of the pack for Janet Jackson. Like down to the middle of the pack for Janet Jackson is pretty fucking cool.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. this was off her uh, 1814 Rhythm Nation album, and that whole that whole album was great.
3: That album is amazing, absolutely. And this is just a, a fun tap your toes dance song. It's it's you know it's it, it's fun.
4: Well, she's just a huge talent. Luckily, she got or has gotten enough. Accolades, because she deserves them. But it's a little hard when your brother's Michael Jackson. But she held her own and put out some amazing stuff.
0: There was some concept on this one. Uh, apparently, Jimmy Jam, one of the producers on this one, they were considering the idea of making this song a duet, and they thought about getting Prince, Johnny Gill, Ralph Tresvant in it, someone else to work sing with her along with it. But they couldn't have any sort of concrete plan. Jimmy Jam apparently told Jackson, "Sing the first verse low." like a guy would sing it. So that's why she sings it one octave lower than a regular singing voice on that first verse and then goes up to the second one. Some other trivia on this one? The trumpet on this played by a one Herb Alpert.
2: What?
0: Yeah, right? I mean if you're going to get a trumpeter, you know, you're going to get some trumpet. How about Herb Alpert? What's he doing? I don't know, let's get him, you know. But this is, you know, in that bridge?
4: I mean, to it.
2: If it's just so good.
3: Chuck Mangione,
4: don't do that, dude. Seriously,
3: that's <laughs> racist.
4: I just wanted Pat to start singing. Feel so good,
3: <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> it feels so good."
0: I don't know why it makes me laugh. Oh, no, Somewhere right. out there, Chuck Mangione is like, "Ah, look at that headache again. What is that?"
3: <laughs> so good, so good. It feels so good. <laughs> so good, so good.
4: He's on Tito Jackson's album. <laughs> Chuck Mangione. Um,
0: <laughs> Some other things I toss in here about on the trivia on this with the music video had cameos by Antonio Sabato Jr. And <laughs> I want to say Digimon, but Digimon Hansu was also in the ja- video.
3: Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon Hansu. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't wow. do, I don't, do I don't do words well. Yeah. That's pretty wow. early for Jaimon
1: Hansu. Right?
0: Yeah. So, but yeah. Good trivia. That's fun. It's, you know, and I, I'll tell you, back. When this came out, I had a thing for Janet, man. Mm You know, she comes out on those shoulder pads.
3: Yeah, she was always cute.
4: We always we we watched her grow up. I mean, you know, Penny on Good Times, Perky, Perky and Peppy.
1: I'm a big fan of nine out of ten songs on this, even though some of them are like not great. Still better than Surface. No, I'm all about Surface, dude. No, it's it's everything except for
3: the the Vanilla Ice song is is. Clearly, the worst song in that whole list. Dude. Oh, Bet Midler. I know Bet Midler is bad, but that song is worse.
0: The thing is, I think with the difference between the Bet Midler and the Vanilla Ice is, you're like Bet, you can do so much better.
3: Yeah, exactly. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice,
0: you're like, this is the top of your game, dude. Good on you. This guy no. got his, his
1: first song was legit. Too legit. No, that's MC Hammer. Right, right no.
0: error, wrong, wrong no, guy. I, I on So. Thrown back to the dinner time playing this playlist. (laughs) This came on about halfway through it. Katie stops, looks at me and goes, this guy got a movie. (laughs) Just like, good point. See, that's all it takes. Make this song, get a movie.
1: And you know what? Play that funky music is not a great song, but at least it's fun. Where there's nothing fun about From a Distance.
0: No. From a Distance is like eating salting crackers with butter. It'll fill you up, but it ain't fun.
3: What do you got against butter?
0: Nothing when they're on saltine crackers,
4: man. That's just kind of gross. Unless you're Paula Deen.
0: I'll just take the butter. You keep the saltines. Oh, ASMR again. All right. So we're we're, going to take a break right now. When we come back, we are going to talk about the top 10 right now. 2021, January 16th. This is where things get interesting.
3: That's happening.
0: Yeah. So we'll be back in a little bit. Clean out your ears and refresh your playlist, and we'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back, and we are looking at the top 10 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of January 16th, 2021. And uh, we're going to roll these down, starting out with a song by the name of "I Hope" by a one Gabby Barrett, featuring Charlie Puth. Puth. Yeah,
1: it'll be a little bit before you guys hear this, but since we can't actually know what the top ten is in the future, no, you'll, you'll have to deal with a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we're starting here.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I kind of dug this one. Yeah, I actually knew more
1: than half of the current top 10. And this was a song I didn't know. And I like how it starts with, like, I hope that you feel this way about this person. And by the end, it's like,
0: I hope she makes you feel the way you made me
1: feel when you cheated on me.
0: Barrett talked about it. And uh, her description of it is the fact that sometimes we hope for the worst when it comes for our exes, that we would never say that out loud. She says the song says the things that you probably never said to your ex. It's almost kind of like, I'm here to remind you. I just lost oh, a lot. Of of yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a toned down version of that.
3: Yeah, or like the Carrie Underwood song. Yeah. It's a vindictive lover, you know, hoping for the worst for their ex.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's better than I like, can. For the starting off of the, the top 10, I was expecting a lot worse compared to other years.
4: <laughs> oh. I didn't hate it, but it didn't really like speak to me like it didn't jump out at me
3: yeah i didn't hate it i didn't hate it either but i mean i I definitely didn't love it i like it it's it's an okay song
1: yeah i think i a little bit better than like it
0: but not quite love it so there (laughs) it's got it's got poof in it too so poof poof so moving on we have bang by ajr
2: I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around, and the rumpus and ruck It's a comfortable now. Been a hell of a rap, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. So I got an apartment.
1: I
4: totally dig this song. I love this song. It's different in a good way.
1: I already knew this song from seeing it on videos. Uh, This is one that is really popular on TikTok videos. So I'd seen it from those videos on other sources. And once I heard the whole thing, I I immediately played it again. This
0: might, I I don't know if this is my favorite of the now. It might be. Well, the band itself is called AJR, and it's actually the Adam, Jack, and Ryan
3: Actually, the acronym of the week, is that what you almost yeah,
0: said? I almost did. <laughs> Three brothers. They put it together and again, to quote dinner time conversation. This is what would happen if the Jonas brothers never met Disney. That's from one of the girls. I I really like it. It's the whole song is apparently supposed to be about being in that bridge between adulthood and uh, youth. And it's got a very fun sort of like
1: scene light. Like it's not quite to a fallout boy or something like that.
3: But it, mm. it feels it feels kind of like a like a Fall Out Boy song combined with like a um oh I had them for a second and now they're gone um
4: Panic at the Disco
3: squirrel squirrel nut zippers
4: oh that's not at all what I was thinking yikes no. yeah no yeah. I I can hear it though I, I think yeah. he's right
0: yeah I'm I'm not saying you're wrong I just didn't that's not the words I was expecting to come out of your head
4: <laughs> well it's nice it's just nice to hear something a little different. Because, you know, it seems like this is usually kind of monopolized by Ariana Grande. The formula songs. And or the, you know, the the rap that isn't really. Dude, you're ad- showing your old person. Well, uh, but there are, uh, we always find songs on here that we like. And this is one of those examples. Because a lot of times we'll run into like, okay, it's another broccoli, you know? So.
1: I mean, as much as I love it, we had three songs from 30 years ago that were sort of formula, early 90s R&B. So that's my only point, is like, if you're saying, well, that was crap and and that sort of thing also is crap, okay, I I disagree, but I get it.
3: What about my stance that they're all crap?
4: Well, I disagree with that.
3: Those R&B songs from the 80s and some of these hip-hop rap songs from now, all crap.
0: I know one song you don't think is crap. I swear <laughs> <Bye>. oh <God.
3: laughs> no, I love nineties R and B, but not quite as much as Josh. My my, my love for nineties R and B is not as inclusive as his. That's
0: because you never played Fester's Quest.
3: And you might be right there. That might have been That maybe might might the thing. Right. <laughs> That's like the
0: only thing I can see that doesn't connect on you two. You've never played Fester's Quest. Betcha Tom Haverford played Fester's Quest.
4: <laughs> I'm imagining Patrick's face as he's, you know side scrolling through or well three quarter scrolling through Fester's quest and he's doing little facial tics and listening to surface facial ticks. tics have
3: you, you know have how you know? i always contort my face when i'm playing games
0: oh okay yeah he makes a yeah he has pat's game face
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
4: looks like he's having a stroke it's yeah. it's distracting when you're playing him in something like street fighter 2 cuz you don't know whether to look at the screen and what's going on or Patrick's face
3: it's part part of my strategy <laughs> I'm distracted. I'm playing 3D chess, baby.
4: <laughs> Is it the King's Gambit?
0: <laughs> Moving on to this one, we have this song Laugh Now, Cry Later, with Drake featuring a little Dirk. Little Dirk.
2: Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole day and slowed down. We took
3: a trip, now we are your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby. So my my take on this is, if you like Drake, this will be something that you like. If you don't like Drake, this will probably not be your thing.
1: For sure. And I do think, while it sounds a lot like everything else, Drake, it, this, this is fine. Like, I, I don't love it. Uh, I might
0: even like it, though. It's... Now, uh, refresh my memory on this one. Last year's... Billboard Top Ten. Drake was on there also with that God's God's Plan. Was that it? That was two years ago. Two years was, ago. Oh, wow. Jeez. Two this years is ago. Is,
1: uh, three years in a row with uh, Drake in the show. Okay. And all of the songs do sound a little samey. Actually, I think God's Plan was probably the best of the three, though.
0: No, see, now I'm, I'm, I'm totally different. I think God's Plan was probably the worst of the three.
3: Huh. I think yeah. last
0: year's was the worst of the three, and I can't even remember what it was now.
3: It was the one where they had the video where they were they were the mechanics. Yeah, but I can't remember the song itself.
0: Right, fix it but again. And this is...
3: I can't remember who he had with him too, but the featuring was somebody I don't like at all. God, who was it?
0: When did it become featuring? Wouldn't it just be why is it why whatever happened to Drake and so and so sing this song? It's always featuring.
3: I mean,
1: I mean th- that's been a thing in hip hop culture for like twenty years. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, where where you'll have somebody, it's like they're going to do a verse on your video. Okay. And you'll get a little bump from their fans, and then they'll maybe get a little bump from yours.
4: Okay. Hey, was it Drake and Future?
3: Yes. And Life yeah, is Good? that's the one. Yes, yeah. yes. Future, because I do not like him. <laughs> yeah, so this is really where
4: right. I
0: raised my not the target audience fan, uh, flag on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not, you know, Drake's not my thing. It's not as bad as some of the stuff I've heard. You know, this one, I think it's better than the rest. It's...
1: For sure. We have heard some rap that is like, even though I'm a fan of some modern rap, there's some stuff we've heard that all of us are just like, whoa, OK, this might be our old person talking, but I cannot get into this. This
0: little Uzi not- from a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, for sure. That sort of thing. And this, like, I don't love it, but like, if it was on the radio, I wouldn't change it. I'd bump to
0: it and then move on to whatever's next. I'd be like, "Who's screwing with my radio?" I don't
4: know. I thought that was funny. Screw you guys. I mean, I'm picky about my hip hop, and you know, through Billboard, I found Fetty Wap. So there's stuff out there that I like, but every Drake song I've heard, I just kind of was like, meh. Hit next. You know.
3: You say that like finding Fetty Wap is a good thing.
4: I like I, I got the album because of the, the show. Oh, hey, Pat, Pat, I
0: went to the doctor the other day. They found Fetty WAP. Gonna what, have was to your, what
3: was your Fetty WAP index?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to about 46. I'm gonna have to get some shots <laughs> for that.
4: <laughs>
0: so moving on. As we expected, there's a Bieber in the mix. So we have got anyone. Not yet. Not yet? Oh Not sorry, yet. missed it. Yeah, no, no, no. Skipped over another. We have a Dia Lupa in the mix. Dua Dualipa. Dua Lipa, her two. Featuring the baby in Levitating. Wait her the
2: world on my shoulders. I kept my head up. Now baby stand up. Cause girl, you
4: This is one of those songs that falls in one of two categories. Either you're going to hear it at Kohl's or you're going to hear it at the end of a movie.
1: See, I disagree. I'm actually, I've been a fan of Dua Lipa from the beginning. And I do think that she has got like something unique and sexy going on. Even though she is clearly in the like middle of the road pop music. uh, This is not perfectly representative of uh, her stuff. But like, I'm into... uh, pretty much everything i've heard from her
3: really this this is the first thing i've heard of her that i actually like i haven't cared for most of her stuff i first got introduced to her when she did a hot ones episode and i was like who the hell is this and i looked her up and i listened to a few of her songs and i was like "Eh, i don't think so but i i liked this song before i saw it was her so i was like oh okay well i gotta be honest i i liked it you know just despite her so
4: now when i say it's either Coles or or the end of a movie that just means that it's it's like butt rock, where it's it's catchy, it's something that you're gonna enjoy listening to, but don't know if it's something you're gonna remember if it's not tied to something. I don't know.
1: I mean, yeah, maybe it's not trying to say anything. Yeah. But that that's I mean, this is pop music. Right.
0: This is this I throw this into the category of cleaning the house music. Yeah. You're cleaning up the kitchen, you put it on, and you just groove to the beat while doing stuff. That sort of thing. I mean it's not some not a song I would get invested in. But as it's going on, it's definitely, you know, something that I'd be like, oh, well, my phone's all the way over there. I have to walk over there and change it. So I'll just listen to it.
3: Yeah, I will admit that I I like this song. Probably not going to download it or anything, but I liked it. Yeah.
0: So moving on, we move to the Justin Bieber that I just previously spoke of. And Anyone.
1: Last year, we hated Yummy. Yes. But I don't know. I think almost everything I've heard off of his newest album, like maybe I don't love it, but I kind of like it. Like I think musically he's growing up a little bit, and most of what I've heard from anything from his latest album has actually impressed me.
3: All right, but, but be careful because the last time we did this, the last time the public did this, we're like, hey, Justin <laughs> Bieber is kind of growing up. He gave us Yummy.
1: <laughs> I, I'm with you that this is a dangerous statement to make it
3: might be he's all like I'm, oh you fuckers think i'm growing up here's some yummy for you I,
1: i'm hoping it's just a shit sandwich and not a shit lasagna <laughs>
3: <laughs> i mean justin bieber isn't a, 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 is a he's an enigma i mean he really is he's just got to he can do say record release whatever the hell he wants and he well, he could be trolling everybody. He could be making for music for real. He don't. It doesn't even matter anymore. He's got yeah. so much clout, so much money. He's got. He, I mean, he's a he's a name now. He's a one person name.
0: He's like the and, musical Daniel Radcliffe.
3: Yeah, like he can do whatever the hell he wants for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, and now the old Justin Bieber looks like the guy driving the van that's trying to get the young Justin Bieber into it.
3: Yes, he is. <laughs> with that mustache <laughs> he's he sporting now. Creepy.
0: He's looking like a candy van.
3: He's looking like he needs a visit from Chris Hansen.
4: Why don't you have a seat over there? You brought some wine coolers. I can't control my horny level. <laughs> it it is a it is a, a far cry from Yummy. Which last time we talked about it, we're like, this is a song made for TikTok. Mm-hmm. This one, there's actually some substance to it. If I if you can say that, maybe I agree. Not, yeah. I mean, and, musically especially i found myself kind of surprised that i was like okay
3: i mean i'm not i don't know who wrote mm-hmm. it but whoever did write it it's, it's somebody that's you know experienced some regret and like you said there is this lyrics of substance
4: it's not gonna have me running out to buy a justin bieber record but no. it surprised me when i heard it to be honest
3: it's it's definitely a good return from yummy yes,
4: yes. apparently it was written by bieber himself
0: michael Pollock and Raw Cubana.
3: He's, he's again, showing steps that he's kind of growing, but, you know, he's always capable of, of yummy too.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not in the top ten, so I'll mention it. One of the uh, more, most personal tracks from his new album, which I've seen and heard, uh, is basically a song about how he's famous, but he's always alone. Like, it's a super sad song.
3: You really don't know how much of it is, like, him being honest or him just fucking with people, because he yeah. can do that. <laughs> He could he could sit there all formulate and be like, yeah, I'll write a love song that the girls are going to be like, oh, you know, you don't know if he's being sincere or not.
4: He's lonely.
3: Yeah. Well,
4: when you said that, it kind of reminded me of Bohemian Rhapsody when Freddie Mercury's in his house and everybody thinks, you know, he's got this exciting lifestyle and he's got all these people and all these people that love him and he's surrounded by people and he's just in his house alone and it's like, you know, fame has its its downside. And so I can believe that, you know, he, he probably does spend a lot of time by himself because when you're at that level, it's kind of like are these people close to me because they actually give a shit or are they close to me because I have money and I'm famous. It's it's got to be kind of a double-edged sword. Going kind
0: of deep on the Bieber hill here right now. It's the mustache. It is.
3: There there's a certain part of me that is kind of uh, I don't want to say enamored, maybe fascinated by the whole Justin Bieber story. Like when you rise meteorically that young how did it affect your whole life? You know, it's interesting to watch it unfold.
0: Yeah. Well, from that deep cut and that poignant lyrics, we go to go crazy with Chris Brown and young thug. Up,
2: got me thinking, baby. Tell if you're it, cause I'm it, baby. I haven't heard from you and I'm in it, baby. Just tell me what to do and I get it, baby. Gucci, I'm part of. to the crib in the middle of the night. I don't let you miss your hands. I put it down.
4: That's a song I work out my pimp hand to.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go against the rest of the group. Like I don't like Chris Brown as a person or generally as an artist, and I don't care much for Young Thug, but this was one of the more surprising tracks for me on the top ten. I haven't said anything yet.
0: Okay. I kinda I kinda I kinda dig it. Okay. Uh, then yeah. I, my bad for assuming. No, I mean I kinda dig it. You know, and I was trying to figure out how come I heard it before, and then I realized it was because of the goofy th- social media thing of people dancing outside their car.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing is, like, I, I hate to be the old guy that talks about, well, now I know what the young people say when they say But, like, when someone says something as a bop, this is one of a couple tracks that's like, okay, I get that. This is a bop. I'm not going to, like, look to it for, like, crazy deeper meaning, but the beat's pretty cool, like, I find myself dancing around a little bit. Even though I do not like the performers, I kind of like the song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm just Pat I, formulated I, that answer so well. He must have taken a lot of time. I
3: did, Yeah, I did not like this song at all. I, I don't know. I mean, it might be that I'm biased against Chris Brown, because as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. Because I don't like him as an artist or a person or as a as a boxer i don't like him in any way so i mean i was a little biased i didn't want to like it from the beginning but i still yeah i didn't not like this song
1: i was thinking this was going to be the one this was going to be the one that was like oh something's gonna dethrone bet midler (laughs) but no i i actually i liked this better probably than even the uh uh, it, it might be the worst so far, but I've actually kind of liked everything so far. Like I have a
0: positive impression of the now so far. You know, I'm I'm leaning liking it a little bit less because I remember the Rihanna thing, and I looked up Chris Brown arrest. Oh my god! Oh yeah, he he is a piece I, of crap. It, I'm still scrolling, and I'm only at 2016. Jesus. Yeah, that's I had that in
1: mind when listening to this. And it's a, can you separate the art from the artist? And while I'm not going to go support his lifestyle by going out and buy this, I kind of enjoyed listening to it.
3: And not to just, you know, be the one to point it out, but if you really want to like him, uh, look up Chris Brown neck tattoo. He got a neck tattoo of the mugshot of Rihanna all uh, bloody and beat up. Really? Yep. Piece of shit. Excuse me. Yep.
0: Oh my God. All right. Now, Josh, I'm 100% with you on the separating the... Art from the artist, that's a tough, that's a tough pull for this one.
1: I'm with you. I am totally with you. Like if someone decided they couldn't separate the art from the artist, uh, this is not great enough art that I would fight that fight. But I was surprised because I knew all that about Chris Brown and I am inclined to dislike him. I'm surprised that despite that, uh, I actually kind of liked the song. But like I said, I would
0: not support him by buying it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I kind of dug it, but I obviously don't know that much about Chris Brown. I mean, it's not like information that I go digging up. You're doing a deep dive on Chris Brown. Yeah, I don't have like I'm not. <laughs> I subscribed can't believe they to- didn't
3: cover that in your subscription to Jet magazine.
0: <laughs> I'm subscribed to Chris Brown facts.
4: <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to Chris Brown facts.
2: So punch,
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> ding dong. Are you subscribed? Yeah, <laughs> smash
0: that like button. All right. So moving on, we have another Bieber. We do. We do. We have got Holy with Justin Bieber and Chance the
2: Rapper. way you hold me, oh me, hold me, hold me, hold me,
4: feel so holy. They say
1: we're too young and- I like this song. I don't know why exactly. This was one mid-October, Bieber was on SNL. And I don't religiously watch SNL, but Sarah and I happened to be watching Saturday Night Live. And we saw this performance and it started out, was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty okay. Middle of the road, uh, introspective Justin Bieber. And then when it gets to Chance the Rapper's Verse, it's like, okay, this is really something special.
4: Right? That's when it sold me. Because I, when I first I had the same thought. And then that part started and I, I I was like, okay, I'm in. Yep. Right there with you.
0: To me, it's a little blah. This one, I think, is kind of like the, where, where as much anyone I think was really showing him growing. I think, again, this one was just kind of needed to fill another slot on the album. And it's supposedly, it's about his wife.
1: Without Chance, I'm actually with you, Mike. But I honestly think that Chance's verse
0: elevates this. Okay. I can give you that. I mean, Chance is amazing. I mean, I did do a looking on this one, and I saw one of the snarkiest reviews of it. Are you guys familiar with the webpage, Stereogum? Yeah. Okay. The title... (laughs) of the article about it is if Justin Bieber's wife is so really so great that she deserves a song better than this. <laughs> it was like damn. But, and it kind of it kind of falls back into that at one point or another a good portion of musicians do that kind of like pseudo religious like like Billy Joel's River of Dreams, Bob Dylan's, yeah, they they do that kind of like spiritual song and it seems very like yeah, okay, this is you're checking the box on the on the album that you did something like this. I just did not get a groove out of this one or you know, outside I think chance. We do have chance to do the whole thing. How about you, Pat? We haven't heard from you on this one. Uh, yeah.
3: I'm kind of like right in between you and Joel and Mike. It's like I don't think it's I don't think it's formulaic. I don't think it's kinda of blah, and I don't think it's great. I think I mean, I think it's a good song. I don't think I would change the channel if it came on. And I do agree that chance is the best part of it. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's cheesy or bad. I just think it's kind of a song that a dude writes for his woman, and it just happens to be Justin Bieber, so it's catching on. If it was just a guy singing at a frat party, you'd be like, because
0: <laughs> he'd be the guy with the acoustic guitar.
3: Yeah, I mean, if he was a guy singing this song without chance, the rapper coming in, you'd just be like, okay, yeah, that's a decent song. You got potential, I guess. That's my take.
0: All cool. right. So moving on to number three, Race Torres. We have Blinding Lights by the Weekend.
2: I'll
3: start this one since I was the last one on the other one. I really like this song. Um, I'm not like a I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the weekend, but what I've heard of his I like. I don't know really a whole lot of his stuff. I've mainly just heard it on on our top ten shows. You know what? This really made me think of the whole time I was thinking it or I was listening to it hmm. was that um, I could see this as a cover song being in a Wes Anderson movie.
0: That's weirdly specific. It yeah. is weirdly specific.
3: Yeah, right. I'm not sure was, I disagree though. Yeah, I could totally see like like some kind of like intro montage type thing for a character being set to a remake of this song.
1: I want to hear from the other guys
0: before we go to our second ever. Josh does a deep dive on the weekend.
3: <laughs>
0: I really dug this song. It's a throwback to first wave, new wave type stuff with that synth and the, the beat. It reminded me very much of like mid eighties synth pop. I dug it. I sang along to
3: it. Like it could have been in the last scene of revenge of the nerds.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been that or a, or a montage. It could easily have been a montage scene, you know, could be a montage uh, song, too. It reminded me of like old school Duran Duran-ish, kind of.
4: I'm i kind of where i oh, between Mike and Pat. It, uh, I don't know too much about him other than his role in, in uh, Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler movie, and what, what I've heard on the shows here. But kind of like Bruno Mars does, it's kind of feels like a throwback. Uh, a little bit but while still having a modern take on things and i i really like this song this is probably my favorite of of the ones on the the top 10 for the now it just hits that sweet spot for me between a solid pop song with a little bit of a retro vibe
1: i am a fan of the weeknd and i think that uh, as a pop artist he's actually uh, crazy underappreciated because a lot of people don't actually look at the lyrics like, it's it's obvious that, like, this whole album uh, is 80s-inspired, but this uh, whole album, like, one of the things that he does is he takes aspects of his life and, like, rings all of the music he can out of them. We talked a little bit about Rockstar about how it was people's perception of him and how he's like trying to put up this front, but everything's crumbling around him. Every song on this album is about his breakups and his relationships. And this one in particular, he he dated model Bella Hadid for a long time and they uh, broke up, got back together again. And a lot of this song is about like, he's got this heartbreak while thinking about what could have been like, this city's cold and empty. No one's around to judge me. I can't see clearly when you're gone. Like, I, I honestly think that The weekend is going to be one of these artists that in five or ten years, people are going to be look back and it's like, you know, people didn't give this guy enough credit.
3: I'm trying to think of an analog for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not a genius on the level of like a prince or anything, but he, he's he got some stuff where he is hiding like how much like deep personal shit he's putting in this poppy stuff. This is my second favorite. Bang is still my favorite, but this is my second favorite of the, uh, of the now.
0: Cool. I heard the video is pretty cool too. Okay,
1: so, yeah. If he shows up again, I will be sure to do a deep dive research on whatever it's about. Cause I, I think this guy's super interesting.
0: Nice. All right. So moving on to number two, we are at positions with Ariana Grande. I'm-
3: Most Ariana Grande songs, this one is best enjoyed on mute.
1: (laughs) Well, the song kind of is reflective of the videos because, like, it's sexy. She's got a nice voice, but it's not saying much of substance like that. That's all it is. I mean, she's got a nice voice, but uh, all of her songs that get really popular are heavily sexualized and that's fine.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's a sexy girl who sings songs about how sexy sex is.
4: Yep,
1: <laughs> that's about right.
2: <laughs> I,
4: I would say that's about the perfect description. It's hard for me to listen to these songs and not feel creepy, because when my kids were younger, they used to watch a lot of Nickelodeon, and there was a show on there that she was on that I cannot remember the name of now for the life of me. But Wizards of Waverly Place? No, it was the one with her and um the girl from iCarly, the blonde girl. And they were roommates. And it was kind oh, of funny. Oh, shit. Yeah, she played like a, the ditzy when the redhead. Yeah. So yeah. Total ditz. And then the other girl was like kind of the harder edged, kind of gruff girl. And they kind of clashed, but they still got along. And I don't know. It, it's hard for me to separate that a little Victorious. bit. Victorious. No, but it was in that same vein, though. No,
0: she was in Victorious.
4: Who? Ariana Grande? Ariana Grande. Well, that's not the show I'm thinking of, though. I don't remember the name of it. Well, anyway. Shut up then. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I, every time I hear, I hear time I'm, I held that guy, I'm I, I have this exact same feeling that Pat perfectly stated, you know, that it's there, but I, there's not a lot of substance. It's just kind of sexy for the sake of being sexy, I guess. Salmon cat. Yes.
3: That's yeah. the one. That's, That's the one.
4: Yep. Yeah and i can't i can't
3: it took me a second to realize you you said sam and cat not salmon cat
0: salmon cat yes
3: (laughs) i was like (laughs) what salmon cat
0: (laughs) and talk about how two careers go differently jeanette mccurdy is sam and her ana grande is cat
3: it's it's like bosom buddies
4: is it though they both had bosom
3: yeah one goes on to stardom and the other one is everybody goes who is that other person (laughs) poor peter scolari
4: somebody call webster please (laughs) Right, <laughs> like, Manuel Lewis? Is he still alive? I don't know. No,
3: no, he died a while ago. Sad. Short time ago.
0: All right, next one up we have is "Mood" by Twenty Four K Golden featuring Ian Dior. I think they're just like it's like they played Boggle with these names. <laughs> <laughs>
2: attached so i was in a feeling bad Maybe i am not your dad it's not all you want from me i just want your company girl obvious elephant in the room we're part of it don't act so confused and you upside in it now i'm in the mood now we arguing
3: in my
0: bedroom i why are you always in the mood joel actually <laughs> I, wait we're backing up back and first off emmanuel lewis is not dead
3: oh he's not oh he's
4: not gary coleman's dead
0: yeah,
3: that's
1: sorry, sorry Manuel. Hi, I, Joel. Uh, back from Webster. What do you think about the song? You had something to say. Uh,
4: well, I one hundred percent understand why this song is number one. I, I get it. I one hundred percent get it. It's catchy. It's upbeat. I don't it's know a that pop.
3: I would <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this song slaps.
4: It's it's enjoyable to listen to, but then when I kind of break it down to what the core of it, it's not great. But it's well-produced, the The music is really catchy, and it's got a hook. I mean, but I, I don't know that I can say if I like it or not.
3: I didn't want to like it, but I ended up liking it. What? Yeah.
1: yeah. I, honestly, this is a song that, like, it because of how strong the hook is, it makes you want to move a little bit, and, like, I, I was into
4: it.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the same experience I had. I just, before I realized it, I just was kind of like- you know, moving a little bit to the beat, I was like, "Oh, damn it!" <laughs> I,
4: yeah, I have no, I have no question why this is in the position it's in. To be honest, I can see lots and lots of people enjoying this song.
3: And lyrically, I just you know, I could relate to that whole you know, you are in a relationship. Why are you always in a mood? <laughs> you just you could just relate to that feeling,
0: Mike. Yes,
3: uh, I think you are the only one that didn't like it.
0: I I never said I didn't like it.
3: Well, you disagreed with me when I said I liked it, so I'm just assuming.
0: I no, I was in shock because you liked it. That's that's oh, the difference okay, there. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it is a little shocking, to be honest. <laughs> it, it see, same right here. I think this is going to be one of those songs that you know when I started reading the lyrics and look the, looking at the lyrics of this one, it's going to be the one that all those that everybody knows and kind of sings along to, but nobody actually pays attention to what they're singing about.
3: Yeah,
0: kind of reminds me of uh, the Polaroid picture song.
3: Oh, wait, Polaroid right picture. Yeah, shake it like a... outcast. Oh, yeah. Outcast.
0: No, but that song is about divorce. It's about a family breaking up. and yeah, everyone it's about how it.
1: people don't know what love is anymore because they're just so busy chasing what they think it should be. Yeah, for right. sure, I'm with you.
0: And everyone thinks this song is a super hot, you know, uh, upbeat, poppy, happy, happy song, and everyone sings along to it and dances it, doing the shake thing and all that, and you never really pay attention to the lyrics. And the other one is... Uh, uh, you too, with or without you, everyone. And when I, I've been to
3: weddings where they play that as a
0: song, they dance it. I'm like,
3: you choose one is the
0: yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. Those, it's like, had, did you not read the lyrics? And then this one, it's poppy, everyone's bopping to it. It's good, you know. I, I again, while making dinner, listen to it, I didn't pass it up. I, I went along with it, dug it kind of. And then looking at the lyrics, I mean, like in Eon Dior, one of the verses, we play games of love to avoid the depression. We've been here before and I won't be your victim. That's not happy. (laughs) You know, I think it's going to wind up with as one of those categories of songs where everyone's really digging it. And then finally somebody goes, wait a second, what's he singing about?
4: You know? Yep. But it makes for an interesting dichotomy, you know, between the pop hook and the kind of danceable sensibility versus the lyrics and then if you see the two guys that are singing it they're not exactly dressed to match the lyrics either they look like kid and uh not kid and play um it would be amazing (laughs) if they look like kid and play (laughs) they look like chris cross rejects like they were in the backup band and got kicked out
0: okay yeah no i mean i i liked it and the lyrics were a lot reading them looking at them they're a lot deeper than i was expecting it to be yeah, this this was a super interesting. I, when I saw the list of songs
1: originally, I thought then was going to be interesting and now was going to be nothing special. But overall, I, I was into now this year. Even the uh, Chris Brown song, which was more like this surprised me because I thought I was going to hate it. And the Drake song, which is just another Drake song, and the Ariana Grande, which is just another Ariana Grande. I mean, that's fine.
0: They fill their niche.
1: Yeah. Seven of these songs I would listen to again. Like I might even put onto iTunes.
0: Mm-hmm. I was I was surprised by the now on this one also. So
1: how do we want to break this down? Do we want to do a uh, best overall and worst overall, or best from I think,
0: then? I think best from then and best from now. That's what we usually do. And worst, uh, or just best? Just best. Let's end on a high note. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm going to leave the
4: fun one to the end. But Joel. Yes. What's your What's your best on both? Uh, my best from the then is "Is After the Rain by Nelson. I'm probably going to be the unpopular choice, but it has a, a a sweet spot in my heart. And from the now, I think I'm going with Blinding Lights by the weekend. Hmm. All right. Josh, what about
0: you, man?
1: Uh, as much as I want to say love will never do, there's just something about going to make you sweat. Like, it just instantly, like, if if Love Will Never Do was in Janet Jackson's, like, top three songs, I couldn't not take it. Mm-hmm. And I love High Enough, but just, like, something about when that first bump, 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 bump hits, it's like, <laughs>
0: dude. You know what I just, uh, when you started, that was that scene from uh, Airplane when the record player starts playing and the one guy starts dancing to that rhythm. Yeah. That's, for some reason, I saw you doing that, and it's friggin' hilarious in my head.
3: I always and, think of Kevin from The Office dancing to it because that was the the song I oh, played during Cafe Disco. Yeah,
0: oh, I gotta get Josh a sailor suit.
1: <laughs> and and Joel was talking before the show about the Parks and Rec scene where uh, they, Leslie Nope is like pants, 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 yeah. pants. <laughs> Everybody pants now.
0: Josh, I'm gonna go with you on the then. Gonna make you sweat.
1: Oh, hang on! I, I haven't oh. Even gotten. Oh, it oh now, I'm sorry. I've
0: already said it. I'm sorry. A
1: bang, bang from AJR. Like, yeah, I love lots of now, but bang, I I am probably going to be downloading that and putting it into my rotation.
0: Nice. I'm going uh, neck and neck with Josh here. Gonna make you sweat and bang. Those two songs are, are great.
3: Uh, Tyler, you're sexy. Gonna make you sweat and bang. <laughs>
0: I want to the- say I set you up for that one, but I, I didn't. <laughs> All right, Pat. Oh, yeah.
3: Um... Well, obviously from a distance.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got to go with high enough.
1: Oh, nice. Respectable choice.
3: Yeah, it's a fun song that I enjoy every time it comes on the radio. It's just, you know, it's just, it's a fun super group song.
0: Good singing with the windows down.
3: I do. I have no shame. We know. I'm never going to see these people again that are driving inside me. I don't care. And then it was between Bang and Blinding Lights. And I think I got to go with Bang.
0: Nice.
3: Yeah. It's a fun song. It is. I agree with Josh. I probably I'm I, I probably will download that. Yeah.
0: Well, all right. That is the twenty twenty-one Billboard Top Ten show for uh for us. I'm really looking forward to next year. Yeah, I am. So if you have your opinions about the hits from
1: either nineteen eighty one or the uh hits from a couple weeks ago for you folks in the future, uh let us know. Give us a call at seven oh eight now Rap. That's 708-669-9727.
0: Yeah, give us a call and tell us why we're right or wrong. And, and uh if you're at older billboard shows, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Talk to you, Podverse FM and on Podbean and you can also uh feel free to leave us a message on Podbean, give us a little rating and that sort of thing. We like to hear from you guys.
3: Uh Joel. Spo- spoiler oh. alert, we're we're not wrong. If you want to call in and tell us we're wrong, we'll just I'll just let you know right now we're not.
4: Except that Josh said it was 1981, it was 1991. Thanks, Joel. 91 Damn it. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no vergurts.
3: Not even one letter?
0: <laughs> Am I prognat?
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joel, what do we got coming up? Anything new? Yeah, we're going to be uh, taking a trip to go visit our friend Swampy. Uh, when we do the Swamp Thing show, we're going to be doing some cyberpunking and i'm excited we're we're finally going to do the one clip of the cuckoo's nest versus nurse ratchet show which hmm. one full of the cuckoo's nest is top 10 for me all-time favorite film so
3: i'm looking forward yeah to it. same here
4: this should be
0: interesting because i have never seen it
3: <gasps> what? oh my god dude don't you are... act
0: surprised
3: no no i'm not i'm 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 jealous i wish i could watch this movie again for the first time
0: i'm I'm curious i mean i hear you guys talk about it i never took the time to watch it i'll see how uh
3: yeah, this is this is just one of those movies that I I really enjoy, no matter how many times I see it. So I Agreed. think you'll enjoy it. Cool. And the book was was great too. By the way, I don't know if you guys have ever read the book. Agreed. Do we
0: got to read the book?
3: No, 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 we no. But find the book. The book is the book is from one of the a, a character's perspective. You wouldn't think. I won't. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll tell you during the show next when we record it.
0: From Christopher, uh, what's his name?
3: I'm not gonna tell you, dude. You're gonna have to watch the movie before I tell you.
4: Yeah. All right. <laughs> if I've got to
0: I gotta <laughs> alright so uh, thanks for coming by for our the billboard show and uh, we will have more cool stuff up later and thank y'all for listening uh-huh.
3: wear panties and a bra on your head that would just be ridiculous